Welcome to another episode of the Head of Nations podcast. I'm your host, Brian. I'm Ben. Well, welcome back, Ben. So one thing that I wanted to ask you, and then I'm going to take my turn at answering this question, is what's something you're doing this week or you have done in the past week or so to build your nation? Um, that's a great question. Um, and uh, I'd say... The, this past week has been a lot of conversations with my eight-year-old son, um, talking about responsibility, talking about um, um, truthfulness with my uh, with my five-year-old daughter, uh, and then you know with the three-year-old, um, just kind of trying to um, you know just get him to manage his feelings and emotions. Uh, as you know, that's that's a process, but absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah. So I had actually something kind of similar because I try to be intentional somewhat. Like I make notes or make plans of this week, I'm going to work on this or this month, I'm going to work on this. And it might be being a more patient dad. It might be, you know, maybe being a bit more supportive as a husband or maybe specific goals as far as those things go. Um, or maybe being a little more intentional and in playing with my kids or a little more present. But uh, this week we had a, a bit of a crisis come up in the family. It's a small crisis, but it's really what I worked on this week in building my nation was working on modeling emotional control to my kids. So our cat got really sick. He's a cat. We had 17 years. Um, and my son and daughter are both really attached to the cat and he was going downhill really fast. Um, so we actually just ended up having to put him down yesterday. And, um, I was the one that had to bear that burden as the man, you know, like my wife was having a hard time with it, even to some extent. And so like, she was like, I can't do this. And so we had to find an appointment where I could take him. You know, it's like I had to come home from work and do all the things you have to do, like come home, dig a hole, you know, get him in a box, take him to the vet, be present for that, which I felt like is my responsibility as, you know, the pet owner, but also as the head of the household. And that modeling was, you know, kind of a, a way of building my nation this week of showing my kids and my wife, like, this is what a husband does. This is what a godly man does. He steps up for his family. He maintains his emotions when the family needs him, right? Not that I didn't feel sadness, but my job at that moment was to bear the burden of my family. So that was kind of an impromptu nation building thing where it was an, a moment where I had an opportunity to model good emotional control to my family, but also to show them it's okay to feel emotions, like to show my son, it's okay to feel sad, right? And it's okay for you to demonstrate that. You know, when he'd ask me like, well, why aren't you doing these things? You know, I explained to him, well, it's not that I'm not feeling them, but my job right now as the dad is to uphold the family, right? I, I need to be there for you guys and I'm feeling these things. I'm just demonstrating them differently. So that was my nation building this week. Not exactly what I wanted to be doing, uh, but it's an important role that we have as dads sometimes is, you know, bearing grief and bearing the burdens of our family. That's excellent. And I think if we, if we trust in God's sovereignty, then, then these, aren't, these moments aren't put there by mistake. They're put there because he is building us up into men who resemble Christ, you know, mm. and so he's using these like these circumstances, um, the good and the bad, the difficult and the easy and the pleasurable, um, all for for making us new, you know, which is really amazing to see, actually. Absolutely. Yeah, and that that puts that in perspective as well. And like my kids would ask me that, like, well, why is God letting this happen? You know, why does death happen? So then I can go back to the gospel. Like these things, death, you know, points us to Christ. Like, this is broken, we need a savior. And that's kind of something I was able to talk through as well. Well, why don't we segue into the verse of the week? So our verse this week is 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 29. I'm going to grab my Bible here. And if 
you are familiar with Psalm 18, you actually will notice that this is also Psalm 18, right? So this is recorded in two spots. And these verses say, so 2 Samuel 22, verse 29 and 30, you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. So when I read this, I get pumped up, right? Because, well, first of all, it's recognizing God as the source of the light in our lives. But also David's talking about conquest here, which we talked about last week. Like he recognizes that, you know, by himself, there's, you know, there are some things he may be able to do in the flesh, right? Like even battle wise, he's like, Hey, you know, what? with God, I don't just advance against a guy. I advance against a lot of guys and I'm able to do that through God, right? I can scale a wall. Now, I don't know if you've ever like as a teenager tried to climb like a brick wall or a stone wall or things like that. And it can be challenging. And especially like the context here, like he's a, he's climbing a wall to go fight people. Right. So it's not going to be unresisted, but he's pointing out the fact that God makes him a better warrior. And I, I don't know about you, but man, that gets my blood pumping. That gets me excited. So I wanted to hear your thoughts about that as well. Yeah. Whenever I see the, or read about God being the light, um, I do think, and then, and then, in terms of of, of battle, and you know, um, especially d- battle like you know in the ancient Near East and David, and thinking of battles then uh, up close and personal, mm. not bombs dropped from you know from outer space. Is this is uh, in- intensely intimate warfare? If you know, if, if I can use that word, um, it, it it's not something that that I can, you know, think about and, um, uh, and take lightly. It's something that is actually for me as one who's never in a, in a, a physical battle, um, is, is quite terrifying. Um, especially when you think of a troop and then you, you go back to God being light is his, um, showing that which is hidden. So that, uh, not that, his light is going to make my enemies disintegrate, but that his light is going to reveal my enemy to me so that I can know, I can know who to hit. And in Mm. that, um, if you, you find yourself in a battle and, you know, and it is, there's fear there. Um, it'd be more terrifying if you couldn't see them coming. (laughs) So he, he lights the way so that I can hit. And, uh, that's, you know, that, that's, I mean, that's what I was thinking about when I was reading, um, yeah, great thoughts. So we're going to get into the topic in a second. Uh, but one thing I wanted to mention, I forgot to mention last episode, is our email, uh, info at headofnations.com. So if you have comments, if you have questions, like we'd like to do a Q&A session somewhere down the line, maybe episode 10, episode 15, um, reach out, you know, email us at info at headofnations.com. And we'd like to hear from you. All right, so now let's get into the topic. And today's topic is level up right? So I just wanted to talk for a minute, maybe I'll say I'm going to rant for a minute about uh, the stereotypical dad today. So like when I think about this, I call this TV dad. And I've actually seen some commercials lately with TV dad. I don't know if you've seen the TV dad ads, all right, where it's it's for an insurance company. I don't want to give them a free plug or anything like that, but um, it's for an insurance company and TV dad pops on the screen. And do you know what he's doing? He's sitting on the couch reading a newspaper, all right? And when I think of like the stereotypical TV dad in almost any TV show that I, mean, I think has been on the air for like the past 40 years, 
average TV dad goes to work, comes home, sits on the couch and watches TV or reads the newspaper for the rest of the day. And that's what he does. And maybe he'll have like some haphazard interactions with his family. Like the kids will come in and be like, dad, let me show you this. Or, hey, dad, let's talk about this. But the dad in the TV shows never really seems to be intentional. And really, to me, I feel like, and I'll get your thoughts in a second, this is pitched to American dads, to American men, American heads of household as peak masculinity. Like what is being taught here is that what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to go to work because that's what you're required to do. And then when you're home, you're supposed to be lazy. You're supposed to sit on the couch, watch TV. You've already put your time in, right? You don't need to be intentional. You don't need to be getting any better. You don't need to be pursuing excellence or greatness anywhere else because you've gone to work. So your job's done, loaf on the couch. That's what everyone expects you to do anyway. So why try to get any better? So I don't know if you've had any experience, you know, like we talked about this earlier, neither of us really watch a whole lot of TV anymore. Um, and really neither of us, I think, watch a lot of shows with stereotypical TV dads anymore. Uh, I just really don't like to consume that kind of content, but I'm sure you've watched it before and you have an idea of what I'm talking about. So like, give me your thoughts on this. Yeah. So my, yeah, my experiences are, you know, like 1990s you know, oh. sitcoms and, mm-hmm. and you see there's, I, you know, I think there are exceptions to this. I think there are some shows that do show, um, the, the, the dad leading and being intentionally, you know, present in, in his household and managing it well, though, uh, most shows that attracted me, um, showed dad as kind of like a, like a fool, mm-hmm. um, someone to be laughed at, um, someone not taken seriously. Um, not certainly not someone who's who's connected to everyone in the home, wife and children, and certainly not someone to be admired, right? Um, but someone, you know, like I said before, to be laughed at. And, um, and that's, I think that is destructive because that, those are, I think, culture-shaping um, institutions, you know, that, that they show, I think, the, the viewers, the children, um, well, this is, this is kind of the norm. Right. They, they, they made what is what is awful um, normative, you know, what is what is actually damaging because you think of the fruits of of of, of a Homer Simpson dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I mean, who does Bart turn into? You know, I mean, that's a scary thought. Yeah. And that's and that's something that, you know, that we have to take seriously. I think, you know, today uh, we're kind of coming out of that and raising our own children. Yeah. And like. No one seems to connect those dots really. Like we, you know, if you've watched those TV shows, there doesn't seem to be that connection made by a lot of people like, oh, this is funny. It's humorous. But like, if you look at the children, like I I mentioned earlier before we got on on the air here, Al Bundy, right? And I think I've watched maybe two episodes back in the day when I was like a teenager of Married with Children. And really like, if you look at his kids, they're disrespectful to him. They're disrespectful to the family, right? They're not really kind. They're not displaying any really what we'd consider positive behaviors. Uh, And I mean, personally, I would attribute that to the parenting, right? But no one seems to make those connections like, oh, haha, this is a funny TV show, but really it's, it's shaping culture. And if you look at TV before this era, like if you look back in the fifties and you look at TV, you know, sometimes dads did dumb stuff back then too on TV, but like just being honest, sometimes dads make mistakes today in real life, right? Even the most excellent dads make mistakes. But if you look at dads back in the fifties or in the sixties, they were men who were present in their families 
yeah, they might have sat on the chair, you know, the, the lazy boy chair, the quintessential 1950s chair, right? But they were active with their family. If there was a problem, they recognized it. They would talk with their kids, try to help them navigate the problems they were experiencing. And then you would see closure at the end of the show, right? Well, you don't see that in like 1980s onward. And quite frankly, I don't consume a lot of modern TV, but, you know, I talk to people that do, and maybe I'm speaking about something I don't know much about, but what it seems to be from what I hear the message being is that it's not gotten any better on the air today as far as TV shows portraying dads. And that's the message we get is that that's what dads are supposed to do. And that's what men are supposed to do. And, you know, I actually experienced this, uh, someone challenging me. So they actually said these words to me. They were like, Hey, Brian, why do you do what you do? Like, why are you trying to get better? They were asking in the context of working out, like, you're married, you have kids, you have a good job. Why are you trying to get stronger? Why are you trying to get better? Why are you trying to get faster? Like, why don't you just like settle down? That's what everyone else does. What are you doing? And the answer I gave, it's still the answer that I think I would give, although I would nuance it a little more is just, I don't want to die average, right? Mediocrity is not okay. That's not our goal as individuals, as men, but I think also as biblical men, the standard of mediocrity isn't where we're supposed to land. We're called to higher things. And really, I mean, if you think about this, look at all the characters of the people that you admire in history or even maybe presently. But like, I was just thinking about David. We've read his Psalm and then we've read the same song in Second Samuel. And, you know, I look up to David as a man and did he make mistakes? Sure, he did. But when you look at him as a warrior and as a man of God, you look up to him, Right. Was he average? Was he satisfied with mediocrity? He was absolutely not. If you look at President George Washington, not satisfied with mediocrity. Patton, William Wallace. These are men that are not satisfied with mediocrity. And if you look at TV shows or movies where there's a hero, the quintessential good guy, the archetypal good guy, he's not nine to five to work and then five to nine on the couch. They're people that are getting after it They're improving their lives. And they're also, for the most part, improving the lives of people around them. And that's what I see that I admire. And I'm just curious if you have like any historical characters, biblical characters, or maybe like TV characters, fictional characters that you admire, that you look at that and you say, there's a common denominator among these men, and it's that they're always leveling up. Yeah, I I mean, I I can, I share my, or I share your your love for David and um, and President Washington can't really speak to Patton and, and Wallace, but um, but I think that you know in these two men you see you see a passion for I would say first and foremost for the Word of God. Like read the Psalm Psalm one nineteen. You have his David's obsession with the law of God, love for God's law, which to me is. I think a crazy thing, you know, um, but you know that I think that says a whole lot in terms of uh, of greatness um, and, and making one great. Um, they read, and, and what do they read? They read the Word of God um, to understand Him more, to understand objective reality more, and in, in, in God's character and His nature, so that it shapes their character, so that they can, you know, be. Uh, be people of God, which is the, the, I think the exact opposite of what we see in TV dad and in mediocrity, but the people of God are, um, are seeking to please one who is, well, he, he is easy to please. 
but he's not easy to satisfy, right? He's got an eternal appetite, right? I mean, yeah. If we can use that yeah, word. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, I, but I think of that, you know, and I, I, I want, with the things that he's uh, given me and the things he's put, you know, he's, he's put me in charge of, I, I, I want to please him with those things. And, and I can't just like let them go or let myself go and drift away. That's, I mean, I, I, I think that's the opposite of what we see um, him calling the apostles to him creating Adam to do, you know, um, like retirement in the Bible is, I, I don't think it's a thing. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see retirement in the Bible. And maybe if, if someone does retire, like they're doing something else, they're not just sitting on the couch or fishing for the rest of their lives. They're investing in people's lives and they're helping build others up with that extra spare time that they have. Yeah. And I think though, you know, I, I think we can possibly though go too far um, if we're thinking only of leveling ourselves up. And that's where these guys are interesting to me. Um, I, you know, you see it in Washington as he, you know, he's sur- surrounding him, himself with people that uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're being challenged by, by his character. They're, what I'm saying is he's not seek, self-seeking. And I think that that is something that, that I do see a, a, um, in our generation, men who are self-seeking in their leveling up um, so that they let their kingdoms go, you mm-hmm. know? And so it, it becomes all about them. So, and, and I just don't see that in any of the examples that we, you know, that, that we're citing right now. Um, I, I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit in David that he, he neglects home. Um, maybe that's why he had so many home, um, problems with his kids, you know, but you know, I think that is a risk and a danger that we, we got to watch out for when we think of, uh, of, of improving that our improvement should involve our whole kingdom and not just, not just one part. Absolutely. And, you know, when I look at these guys, I see that, you know, they're investing in other people's lives and I look up to them because they have traits, character traits, personal traits, and, you know, whether it's discipline or whether it's you know, physical prowess or emotional control, we look up to these guys because they possess traits that we want to be able to emulate. Right, so even their very demonstration of these traits is calling us to a higher level, and I think that's a great thing about them. Like when I look at Al Bundy or Homer Simpson, Peter Griffin, Family Guy, Dad. Yeah, I was trying to think of what his name was. Right, when I look at these guys, like I don't want to emulate these guys. I look at them and I'm like, they're buffoons. Right, there's nothing in them that's attractive to me as far as like character building. I wouldn't go to them for advice. Right, but. I would go maybe to David or to George Washington or others for advice that I know is going to be, first of all, sound, and second of all, godly. So I want to tell you a story now, and this is part of my life and kind of where this journey of leveling up starts with me. So you've known me for a while now. I mean, I I don't know how many years, I think maybe 12 years you've known me. And I don't know if you remember back in the day when I was fat. Do you remember this? (laughs) <laughs> All right. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember that? I don't because okay. I, I didn't, I, I don't think you ever carried yourself that way. Okay. Yeah. I remember when you were not as fit as you were. Brian. Okay. I would call myself fat. All right. So, um, like there are pictures out there. Actually, I save one on my phone that way I can pull it up and look like this is where I came from. But like, I want to talk about that for a minute because 15 years ago, maybe, you know, I, I've been married for a while now. And like before I was married, I bought into the idea that like, you can just let yourself go, right? Like not not that, okay, so I'm just gonna be straight, right? I think there is an unloving aspect of letting yourself go, right? Like unloving to your spouse, 
of letting yourself go, which I want to talk about in some future day. But like I bought into this whole like hallmark, like everyone just loves you however you are and you're fine however you are. And, you know, over the years I, I, I got fat, like I'm just going to be straight. Like I was significantly overweight and, you know, I, I didn't feel great about myself, but I started thinking through like, eh, you know, is it a big deal? You know, it's, I'm, I'm married, I'm getting, you know, a little older. Is it really that big of a deal that I'm overweight? And one day someone that I respected challenged me to run a 5k. They're like, Hey, you know what? You can do this. Why don't you run this 5k? It's coming up in like three months. And this was around the time that we were going to have my son. And I was like, Oh, you know what? Like I have a legacy here and I'm unhealthy and I'm, you know, I'm going to do it. You know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be done after this and I'll stop running, but I'm going to do it. So I, I downloaded the couch to 5k app and I ran the first day and I ran, it was a quarter mile run. All right. So it's like quarter mile run. Then you walk. It's like you, you run for whatever it is, like 60 seconds. You walk for three minutes. And I literally thought I was going to die. Like, I'm not even being figurative. Like I actually seriously, it's like, I'm going to keel over here on the road because I like was so out of shape. I actually, I don't think I'd run in like five years, like in no way, shape or form. Like I hadn't run at all. And you know, like that first day was hard and I was like, but I'm going to do this. So I kept running. And then that quarter mile got easier. Then I ran a half mile, right? Then I ran a mile. Then I ran a mile and a half. And throughout, I, I did an eight weeks. I did couch. It's like supposed to be three months. I did it in eight weeks. And I actually ran a 5K and I finished. And I didn't finish last, which I was kind of worried about. I don't know why now. I'm like, why, why was I worried about finishing last? I'm beating everyone that's sitting on the couch, right? But that challenge that one person gave me, by the way, they were a runner and they ran half marathons. That challenge that one person gave me that had their life squared away in that area changed my life. I was not going to level up and they challenged me to. And once I accomplished a goal in that area, it just trickled over. I was like, oh, I can do this. Well, I can do that. And if I can do that, I can do something else. And if I can do something else, like what can I not do? And so it really started instilling in me a can-do attitude. And I started over time leveling up. Now, I'm not going to say that I've got my whole life like 100% squared away. I don't think that ever happens in anyone's lives. But that one simple, insignificant question they asked me, like, do you want to run this 5K? Will you do it? I think you can. Changed my life forever. And it started me on the trend of leveling up, right? So I don't know if you have a, a like a story about something like that or an event that you can trace back your leveling up to. Maybe it was just little series of succession, like, this event led to this event, but I don't know. That was my story. That's what led me to level up was one squared away guy called me out. That's interesting. Um, I have a, it, it's not a physical thing. Um, f physical challenge has always been something that came. It, I don't know. I, f I feel like. A you're just going to say you're Adonis. Let's no, get it out no, there. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> Actually, when I, you know, when I had my first kid, I just saw a picture of me, um, you know, eight years ago when he was born, well, it was maybe, maybe it was like six years ago because he was a little bit older, but I saw a picture of myself and I was like, whoa, what happened to me? <laughs> I think I look older, you know, I look tired. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> that's life with kids. Yeah. But I probably didn't wash myself very well either. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, but those challenges were, um, just because just being in athletics, those were always there. And it was kind of like, for me, I, I am kind of like a like a hunting dog who, if if I'm not exercising, then I go crazy. And so, like, I, I need that. My wife knows that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's like get out there. You know? uh, so that that was good. But um, 
it was in college actually that um, I, 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 I just, I got into a lot of great trouble. Um, like, you know, by junior year, I didn't, I didn't have, you know, many aspirations, but then, uh, one, uh, one of my mentors just, you know, just looked at me and was like, I think you need to, you need to head into seminary. I think you need to, you know, pursue your master's degree. And I was just like, I am not, I will not be accepted. And so I just, uh, he was like, do do what you need to do and get there. And so, um, what was in front of me was uh, what I thought an impossibility, a real mountain that I was, you know, I could not do it. Um, but it just started with like, okay, let's take one class and let's just hit it, you know? Um, and, and I did, you know, and it was, you know, my focus became just, I mean, like just laser, laser focused, um, because what was in front of me was I, you know, I looked at my future and I just, you know, said that this is, if this is what I want, then I got to go get it, um, and do what I need to do, discipline myself uh, in order to get it. Um, and by God's grace, uh, every seminary I, I applied to get into, I did. And, um, it was just an amazing, that was an amazing ride. And it was, it was kind of came to that moment where you, where you were at the end of your, your marathon. Um, after I was accepted, I was like, well, why would I, why, what can't I do? Yeah. You know, and it's just, I, exactly. I, maybe I will pursue, you know, <laughs> um, a PhD eventually, you know, what, maybe I will, will go, um, a, a bit further and see how far I can go. So, um, but yeah, I guess it was, uh, it was a challenge. And then, um, and then it was disciplined and then it was, it was experiencing the victory, the win that, that made me want to want to keep going, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And th- those small victories build, right? So my MMA coach told me a long time ago that every time you train, you get a brick and you build that brick into a castle. And the more you train, the more bricks you get. And the more bricks you get, the bigger your castle is and the stronger your castle is. So I think it's that way with everything that we pursue, that the more we invest, the greater the returns, because there are small successive investments and small successive victories. And when you add all those small successive victories up, they turn into big victories over time. So we talked about leveling up, why we should do it. And I think really, for me, the reasons are, one, we're called to, um, two, we're called to help other people level up. And we really can't do that unless we're doing it ourselves. And just third, and I, I think this is an important thing, but that, you know, we're given the gift of life. We're given the gift of a body. We're given the gift of a mind by God. And I really think to let it languish, right? To not take care of the temple we've been given uh, is quite frankly sinful. I think we're we're called to use the resources God has given us wisely. And if you look at the parable of the talents, and these are the talents are money, and we'll have an episode on that at some point. But uh, they're money, and the stewards were called to use those wisely and multiply them. But I think that's a principle we see in general, right? We're called to multiply the harvest, right? Like, and if we have the seed planted in us, God expects a return, right? And I think that's just a life principle everywhere, not just spiritually or not just monetarily, but I think also with the physical and intellectual gifts we've been given as well. So I want to share a quote with you, Ben. And this is a quote by Bruce Lee. And it's, I think, very important as far as a principle. And Bruce Lee said, if you spend too much time thinking about a thing, you'll never get it done. Make at least one definite move daily. Let me say that again. Make at least one definite move daily toward your goal. All right. And that to me sums up leveling up right? Like some people have paralysis by analysis. And I think sometimes that's a defense mechanism to avoid hard work. And sometimes it's just, you know, maybe a person feels overwhelmed, but how one advances is by you make a goal 
and then you take one definite step toward that goal daily. If you keep doing that, you level up. As individuals, to level up what we need to do is identify one. I think this is important. Identify one specific area to improve and make a specific goal. If we inundate ourselves with goals, like, well, I need to lose weight. I need to get more muscular. I need to get faster. I need to grow my wealth, right? I need to make a retirement plan. I need to get better at being a dad. I need to get better at being a husband. And you just like deluge yourself with all these goals. It's going to be very difficult to improve in all of those at the same time. But if we pick one specific area that we're going to work on for, let's say, a month or three months, and we take daily action toward that goal, leveling up is relatively simple. Now, I didn't say easy, but it's simple. So we pick one area and we make a specific goal. So for example, like, you know, I used to say like, I want to lose weight. That's not a very good goal. Like, what does that even look like? Like, do I want to lose a pound? Do I want to lose 10 pounds? Do I want to lose 50 pounds? Do I want to lose a pound in a day? Do I want to lose a pound in a half an hour? Right? Like there's no specificity there. So I want to lose weight is not a goal. It's a statement, but I'm going to lose 10 pounds. That's closer to a goal. Right. And then if we put a deadline on that, I'm going to lose 10 pounds in three months. Now we've got a goal that we can work toward to level up physically. Right. And then the next thing we should do is take daily action toward accomplishing that goal. So I don't know if you had any feedback on that thought by Bruce Lee. Yeah. Um, I just, my goal this year was to read every day read uh, something for not I'm a teacher. So that's, you know, that's an easy thing to do. You would think, but check that box. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, except that I wasn't reading the things that, um, that I wanted to read in student mm-hmm. papers, no offense to any of my students, but I, I tend to skim those when I get to them. But, uh, I will say that, um, that reading something that I enjoy or something that is, you know, that is a challenge to me, um, whether that's scripture um, or or one of the eleven books that I'm currently going through. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a list. I usually uh, do that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's something though that that um, initially um, when I when you when you don't exercise that muscle, you 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 read and then you get tired, you fall asleep, especially after after work. Um, but reading something every day. Um, just being um, something that you enjoy, that you want to read. Um, and then uh, it's cool to see, I mean, I can read now after work and, um, and I don't fall asleep. I can, and I can start getting through chapters by chapter. I'm like, that is something that, <laughs> that I like seeing real progress. But it was just, um, don't think about it. Just take, you know, take one step, read one thing, um, maybe it's a, maybe it's a page, you know, um, I know someone close to me there, they, they hate reading and they, and they, you know, you get them a book and they, they won't read it, um, because they fall asleep every time they read. It's like, well, exercise, you know, <laughs> so do one thing once, you know, read a paragraph first, um, and then, and then keep and keep moving toward that goal. I love that quote. Yeah. It's, a, I mean, it's, 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 it's encouraging, but it's also like, you know, inspiring. It's like, you know, get, get after that. Um, yeah, get after it. Good. Now, I, I really find it interesting that you mentioned reading because like, I, I haven't talked to you about this, but I've actually been reading more as well. So my son and daughter have actually started reading through the Little House on the Prairie series. And they're like, Dad, you need to read this. And like, I like that old school pioneer style of life. So, you know, I'm like, I'll read it. Okay. And when I first started, I was like, oh, four pages, four pages. 
you know, and I read a decent bit, but like the later in the day it is, the harder it is. But now I find like I can sit down, I can read 50 pages in one spell and it's not a problem at all. So it's really interesting that you, you highlighted that concept of like resistance that your mind has, just like with your body, right? You start doing, uh, you know, push-ups, and you can get, you know, 10, 15, you do them over three months, you're cranking out 50, 60 pushups at a set, you know, and like the mind's no different really. So this is not necessarily in the, the show notes here, but what are you reading right now? Right now, I'm reading several books. I'm reading uh, one book by Nabil Qureshi. It is his, oh, the title is escaping me. It's his autobiography. Um, uh, seek, no, it's not Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, is it? I, that sounds right. I um, don't know if it is. It's that book where yeah. it, it tells his story from, uh, from being a young Muslim man um, seeking Allah, finding Christ um, in that. Uh, that that's one. Um, another one is going to be Holy Sexuality by Christopher Yuan. That's another one I'm reading right now. There's a culture book by John Stone Street I'm reading now, but these are all from my program, but they are books that I intended to read anyway. So I'm like, uh, I'm in a, a fellowship program right now um, mm-hmm. that's, that's requiring a lot of reading. But the one pleasure read is actually a, uh, it's by Jordan Peterson, not Jordan Peterson. Um, who's that musician? Uh, I can't remember his name. Michael Peterson, I think is his mm. name. He wrote uh, the Wing Feather Saga. That is actually it's a cartoon now. On um, it's the, it's like I think um, Angel Productions or something. The same company that put Chosen, or that's uh, kind of put Chosen out there. The Chosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, but I, I didn't know that he made anything like that other he, than that. He, well, he so the, it's the company, it's the production company. Okay. That, okay. Um, but anyways, I'm reading the Wingfeather Saga, which is excellent. Um, it's really fun. It's uh, it's kind of like Lord of the Rings ish, Chronicles of Narnia ish, um, but it follows uh, like three children in this family, the Igaby family. But highly recommend it for the kids. Uh, but I I had to get it for myself because I really wanted to read it. So that's nice. what that's what I got going on right now. Okay. And scripture. I'm trying to I'm trying to go through the Gospels. Um, but yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, I'm reading through the Little House on the Prairie series. Uh, I've got Atlas Shrugged. Let me see over here. Uh, Two Appomattox, which is like a, it's basically just chronicling nine days of the fall of the Confederacy. Uh, Lord of the Rings, I just started the Fellowship of the Rings again. Um, And then I'm also, we're going through right now uh, the plagues and the Exodus. So we just got through the 10th plague and now there's the Exodus going on. We're doing that in Family Devotions. All right, so let's get back here to leveling up. And I feel like this is a this is a form of leveling up, you know, improving your mind and being able to steward the mind that God's given you. But, you know, when we talk about leveling up, inevitably the argument comes up. That sounds a lot like work. Why should I do that, right? You know, people that maybe are stuck in the cycle of going to work and coming home and sitting on the couch. And, you know, I'm I'm not going to rag too much on people that do that because listen, I know life's busy. I know life's hard. You know, sometimes I get home from work, grab a cup of coffee. I sit on the couch, you know, for half an hour or so. And, you know, we are called to rest at times and there's nothing wrong with rest. But if we're in a perpetual state of rest, I understand how people get there and I understand why people resist leveling up, right? But I want to talk through why we do this. First and foremost, and we kind of already touched on this, but modeling to others. Do you want to be the man that people look up to or do you want to be the man that people make fun of, right? That's the real question here. If you're the guy that sits on the couch, well, TV shows are made mocking you, 
right? If that's all that you do. And I don't think really any of us enjoys being mocked. You might enjoy a little bit of good-natured ribbing, but do you really enjoy being derided? Well, no, no one does. Well, then you want to be the guy that people look up to. And I think that's really in their heart, what every man wants is they want someone to look up to them and they want someone to come to them, whether it's for advice or for help. Well, the only way to do that is to get yourself squared away and model that to others. If you're squared away, if you're leveling up consistently and you're not ever satisfied with where you're at, you're content in who you are, but you want to always be a better version of who you are, you're going to model excellence to other people. And that's a really great benefit because your legacy that other people see and emulate will be excellence. Like I really think about Paul. You know, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And when I think about that, just imagine the weight of that burden. Really think about the weight of that burden. He's saying, I'm living the Christian life in such a leveled up way, right? I've consistently made progress through the grace of Christ. I'm at the point now where I can say, hey, are you having trouble following Jesus? Well, follow me. I'm following Jesus, right? He's modeling to others. And so in our lives, I really think that's really what it's all about. Now, there are some other reasons why we should level up. And I think the second one is confidence. Competence breeds confidence. If we are not competent, we're not going to be confident. Like think about something you tried for the very first time. Like what's something you've tried for the first time in like the past five years? Shooting a firearm. Okay. Yes. And how confident did you feel the first time you did that? Just 100% not confident. Right. Okay. Yeah. But like, have you done any more practice with that? Have you gained any more competence at all over time with that? Yes. Okay. How, how do you feel now? Like if you go to the range and you know, you're sending rounds down range at your paper target, how do you feel now? More confident. Okay. Yeah. Slightly more. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a big responsibility, you know, uh, handling Mm -hmm. a firearm. So I think there should always be a little bit of trepidation Mm -hmm. there. Uh, Not, not necessarily fear, but just being aware that, you know, it is a lethal tool. And so we need to respect it. But yeah, when I think about that, if we have no competence, we have no confidence. If we have more competence, we have more confidence. And what do we like about David? He was competent at fighting. He was competent at poetry. He was competent at music. He was competent, quite frankly, at leading. And we look to him, we say, he is competent in all these levels, right? And I'm sure he was an extremely confident guy. So competence breeds confidence. And so that's another thing, like who doesn't want to feel confident, right? Like, is anyone like, I really hope I feel super insecure and self-conscious? No. So leveling up, you can model others and also it breeds confidence. Third thing is expanding your domain. The more competent we are in more areas, the more areas that we have potential to lead in. If you're really good at music because you've spent years practicing, you might have a chance to lead worship at your church, right? You might be the worship leader someday. You might have a chance to be on the music team. You might be able to teach music lessons. If you're really good at writing, maybe you'll be able to teach a seminar on writing or write a book or do consulting on teaching others how to write. If you're really good at lifting, maybe you can be a fitness trainer or at least, you know, just help people. I know know, the longer I've been lifting, the more people I have come to me and ask me questions like, hey, I want to start lifting. How do I do it? Well, the reason they do that is they see that I'm competent in that area and that expands my domain where now part of my nation is helping people with their fitness goals. And I would not have that opportunity if I had not been leveling up. So I have the opportunity to expand my kingdom and model to others. And really, I think the last thing, and that's all kind of wrapped up in this, 
especially with modeling to others, is just helping other people. I mean, who doesn't feel good about helping other people? Right? Like when I help someone achieve like a fitness goal or a nutrition goal, like someone's like, I- I've been struggling to lose weight for five years. I yo-yo diet. When I have someone come to me and I'm able to actually like get them on the right track, by the way, mostly because I've made all the mistakes. And so I know what not to do now, which means I know what to do. So I'm able to get them on the right track. I feel really good because I'm like, you know what? I'm helping this person. They're going to be more healthy. They're going to have more energy and they're going to be able to help someone else down the road. And that's really fulfilling. And if you look at what we're called to do as Christian men, right, we are called to help other people. And so why should you level up? Well, I mean, quite frankly, just to be honest, it's not all about you, right? It's not all about me. You know, sitting on the couch is, it's about me. You know what being lazy is? It's about me. What being mediocre is? It's about me, right? It's about, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. That's a lot of work here. What I really want to do is sit on the couch and binge watch Tiger King or whatever other show you're going to binge watch. And that's selfish. And you know, you might say, well, it's selfish to level up, but really there is some selfish aspect that you are helping yourself, but you can't really help others if you don't help yourself. I mean, isn't that what they tell you on the airplane with the oxygen mask? Got to put your own mask on first because otherwise you're going to go out. And if you go out, then you can't help anybody else. So I didn't know what your thoughts were about that. But to me, I think that's why we level up. Ultimately, it's to model to other people and to help other people. You have the added benefit of confidence and the added benefit of expanding your domain. Yeah. And there's, there's one thing that, um, that really stands out to me, um, as you explain it that way. Um, because I think that's like super helpful, um, to think about it in that way. Um, one thing that stood out to me was, uh, as a, as a younger grown man, I got really good at, at just saying no to things, um, that were, that would require work that would require extra work or extra sacrifice, um, that made me feel uncomfortable, that were difficult. Um, uh, especially when I, when I first got married, I was just, um, someone who was, um, unwilling to, uh, to take on extra things, um, to, you know, to take on extra burdens or, um, you know, to carry more weights, you know, like, um, and so people would ask, come to me and ask me things and I'd say, no, uh, I don't have time for that or no, um, I don't want to grow in that way. And, um, and so, um, very challenged by, you know, what you just said there, because, um, it's been, it's something that I saw in myself by God's grace, recognized myself, um, that, that I'll, I'll never really be the man that, that I want to be. I'll never really be great if I don't, um, do enter into things that are, that are going to challenge me that are, you know, that are difficult and I'll never be great because I'll never actually be pleasing the Lord in my service of others, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll build up walls and, you know, just kind of waste away, you know, um, behind them. <laughs> so, um, so in, in order to, uh, to please Jesus Christ, um, by his grace, I've been saying, you know, yes to just a whole lot more, um, um, recently. So, but thank you for that, Brian. I, I think that's, that's, that's wisdom. Well, that's, I've learned over the years too, because I said no to a lot of things. And I I think there are seasons in life, you know, when you've got young kids, you really are limited in your time. The older they get, I think the more time you have. But sometimes I said no to things that maybe I should have said yes to. So I've taken on more things like mentorships of people or, you know, helping people meet their goals that I wouldn't have done a few years ago. So I was convicted of that. And, you know, God's been working in my life on that. Well, I appreciate your feedback on that and um, just want to give a couple closing thoughts here. And that would be, gentlemen, we are called to level up, right? So let's make a plan. 
let's be consistent. You know, we'll be checking in periodically, maybe every episode, every other episode, talking about the things that we're working on in our kingdoms as head of our nations. And, you know, if you want to fill us in on what you're working on in your nations, you know, just reach out, email us at info at headofnations.com. We'd seriously love to hear from you. Uh, if you have questions or that you'd like to be putting on the show, maybe you want us to read it on the show, let us know. If you don't want us to share anything, please let us know that, right? Be like, this is just for you guys. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you how you're working in your kingdoms, how you're trying to level up, because we are all called to increase as we grow in Christ. All right, so if you are interested in supporting the show, you can go to headofnations.com and check out the website there. You can click on support. Uh, we will be having t-shirts coming out sometime in the semi-near future. Um, they're not out yet, but feel free to just browse, check things out. Um, you can donate. And then we will have some other things coming out in the coming days, but really appreciate you all listening. Uh, also, at some point, you may be able to follow us on social media. Um, that may be on the website. Uh, we don't have anything up yet. Ben, I don't know if you have any Head of Nation social media right now. Mm. Not yet. Okay. So we'll be, get, we'll, we'll be working on that. Okay. Uh, so thank you for listening. And remember, we are the head of our nations. So let's go live like it. Until next time. <laughs>